April 1, 2021. It's a lot for Pedro's show.
lot for Pedro Show. Happy April Fool's. It's D Boone's B Day. I know. I, I know. Matt told me that. That's like such, such a great thing. That's yeah. an honor to be on such an important day. Yeah. <laughs> and people, you can tell that I'm not totally man alone because the wonders of Skype and those Estonian software engineers. I got Pat Cynthia from Bush Tetris. Oh, welcome aboard. Yeah, yeah thanks. Good to be here. Wish we were in San Pedro. <laughs> San Pedro. <laughs> I'm sure it's warmer there. Yeah, 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 it is, it is. It's a, probably going to be in the 70s. And, oh. Yeah, you know, I was from Virginia when I was a boy, and so I got, uh, what do you call it, spoiled. <laughs> I never left. My pop was yeah. in, in yeah. the Navy, yeah. right? He's a machinist mate, and Vietnam was closer to here, so we came here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you know, like cold weather's overrated. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's good for staying home and getting stuff done, and that's about it. Yeah, as you can tell, it's been a long winter here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we were really holed up. Yeah, well, that's why I've been doing five. I've been doing five Watford Pedro shows a week since November. Uh, I got to tell the people we start off with John Coltrane doing Angel Eyes, and then. Bush Tetris with too many creeps. Wow, what a combo. Yeah. <laughs> Who wants to go first? <laughs> Cynthia, Pat, yeah. which one? Yeah. Because yeah, I, well, I want to talk know, about we, your... Uh... We usually tag team it. Okay. Well, it's about like before you guys were Bush Tetris, I want to uh, understand your journey through music. Like when you start, like, okay, C is before P. So Cynthia, you go first. Uh What's your earliest musical recollection? Uh, well, um, my dad was a real swing band uh, fanatic. So I grew up with a lot of jazz and swing music. And he would take us to Gilbert and Sullivan musicals. <laughs> and so we had like a lot of, I had a lot of music in my house, like uh, constantly. And uh, classical music. But I, you talking? he took me on to, you know, Charlie Barnett and Gene Krupa and Benny Goodman and all that. So I was into the dancing. Okay, okay. So was he a player or a listener or both? No, he was a, he was a listener, totally. He was a singer. He used to sing in, in a church choir. So he had a, very, he had a really, really nice voice. But no, um, he was actually a sculptor. Well, I'm wondering but, if there was any uh, musical instruments in the pad you grew up. No, we we got a piano. They got they got me a piano when I was in third grade, I think. But I couldn't. I I I wasn't disciplined enough. The, the practice was killing me. You know, playing Tarantella over and over and over. <laughs> so I I didn't. I wasn't really into it. I wasn't into it. I I really listened, but I. You know, I'm from Cleveland, so we listened to a lot of Motown. So I grew when I, as I was getting a little older, you know, and like ten, eleven, and that's when I started really getting into um, Motown, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a transistor radio underneath the covers through the night, fall asleep with the radio next to your head, kind of thing. What about school? Were you in the choir or the marching band or shit like that? 
yeah, yeah. I actually, I was in, I was in the church choir. Oh my God. Yes. See, Pat doesn't even know this. No. So I, I was in the church choir, and um, yeah, and and you know, I sang in school. I always liked singing, and I'd sing with my sisters a lot, but I never. Uh, I was really a visual artist. Okay. What about the first record you bought with your own money? It was a single. It was Love Child. (laughs) I remember that. What about the first gig you went and saw? Well, I saw a good one. I went to see Ziggy Stardust. Whoa. It it blew me away. It was was amazing. You know what my first gig was? (laughs) What was that? T-Rex. Oh, oh, equally phenomenal. <laughs> oh, my God. Because it was such a spectacle. Me and Dean Boone thought, went. Yeah. You know, T-Rex wasn't that big here. Uh was at the Long, uh, Long Beach Auditorium. Uh, Maybe 3,000 people, 2,000 people. And it was packed and stuff. But I wish I, I think uh, the SoCal gig that you went to was at the Santa Monica Civic. I didn't get to see it. Yeah, that we, ours was ours was at this. Um, you know, it was it called Public Hall or something? It wasn't that big. It was probably three thousand two. Yeah, in Cleveland, and and I, I remember like hanging over the um, uh, balcony, screaming, "Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am!" <laughs> I feel like I'm losing our minds. I lost my mind. Lost my mind. <laughs> it really changed my life. Yeah, me and Devon. His pop took us. He sat with us, man. And there's a Hare Krishna's in front of us that tripped him out. You know, he's from Nebraska and stuff. Uh, well, what about jumping on instruments? And you know, when did that happen? How'd you get into rock and roll uh, playing it? Well, um, I was. Uh, I, I I moved to New York a after Pat and Laura did, and I came and I befriended Pat through Laura because I knew Laura in in New York City downtown and and it was just in it was in the just the ether here like everybody was kind of either in a band or doing art or doing theater or you know film and I was writing some words I mean, I didn't. I I wasn't playing anything. I wasn't playing an yeah, instrument. Yeah, Dee and Laura. This is Pat now. Dee and Laura and I had started jamming, and we tried a couple other singers. And Cynthia and I were best friends. I, I, I had quit the contortions, and so we were jamming. And Cynthia was my best friend at the time. I said, "Please come and sing with us." And then that we did, and she did, and we did it. Yeah, I had, I had huge, I had huge stage fright. But but so that's my, that's your first band. That's your first. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Joe Biza was well, twenty seven. The Sacring Trust guitarist when he started on guitar. A lot of people don't understand in the movement. Some people that was their first time ever getting into this stuff. Yeah, I was twenty. Yeah. I was twenty two, and um, I had been in Cleveland. Laura and I were in this thing with uh, John Morton called Johnny and the Dicks. Do you know who John Morton is? No. Oh. Uh, electric Eels? He was an Electric Oh, field. yeah, 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 with Michael. Uh, yeah, but it was more of an art, it was more of an art experimental thing. Mike, Michael really Pat have songs. But, uh, no, I, I got, you know, roped into it. <laughs> That's okay, I mean. <laughs> oh, it was pretty magical, because as soon as we started playing together, it, the chemistry was just 
really strong what with was, us. What was the first gig was, like? <laughs> so we played at this place called Tier 3, which is a tiny little place. But there was a lot of hoopla about the show because it's three girls up front and Pat had um, to quit the, the contortions right before that. And so there were a lot of people there. It was crammed. We had seven songs, so we played them twice. <laughs> we played seven songs. Yeah, and we, we played we, the seven songs twice. And our second gig <laughs> was opening for the Feelies at Irving Plaza. And we wow. were like, what the hell? And I, I was playing guitar then, so I I played the entire show on standby. I thought, gee, I can't hear my guitar, but I was so petrified. So we, <laughs> so we, 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 we put the guitar down for Cynthia. <laughs> Too so much. Just, just sing. Just give me a cowbell. <laughs> I mean, we seriously didn't know what we were doing, and then suddenly we were like playing. I mean, uh, Irving Plaza opening for Feelies, that was like a couple thousand people. Well, that's right? a, that for the punk yeah. days. That that was a big gig. I yeah. want to play yeah, this. Um... It was our second gig, and it was just kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah, bitches. I want to play Das Ah Riot.
life is held at the end of this golden strand, suspended at the material limitations of its construct, at the mercy of innovation to continue its suspension, its continued reinvention. a reference from the intellect. This Sam could be one of a thousand names to represent the element, which is as permanent as any igneous rock is to the greater forces of this world. But Sam comes to me by itself, energetic and full of explanation. I am to it as it is to me, a ghost disconnected but familiar, prospect of kinship if fear decides to reduce its delusional
TV. I'm tired of watching it and it's tired of watching me. Here I am, I'm sick of TV. I'm tired of watching it and it's tired of watching me. Here I am, I'm sick of TV. I'm tired of watching it and it's tired of watching me. Here I am, I'm sick of TV. I'm tired of watching it and it's tired of watching me. Sometimes I'm lost. Living in this land Thrown together Manufactured sand Here I am, I'm sick of TV I'm tired of watching it and it's tired of watching me Here I am, I'm sick of TV I'm tired of watching it and it's tired of watching me Here I am, I'm sick of TV I'm tired of watching it and it's tired of
Bob from Pedro Show at Chunk of Music. Bush Tetris. Das a uh, Riot. And uh, if it, yeah, spelled phonetically, huh? Yeah, like it's all right. Yeah, yeah, it's happening. Yeah. Uh, they say no picnic. This was Minutemen. And somebody turned me on to this because uh, it's just at the Vex in East LA, but D Boone's singing different words. I, ne- I don't remember him ever doing so it's a trip oh, to see yeah, this. He's doing, he's doing like one of those Lou Reed things, yeah, right? right. <laughs> Sing no, whatever you want. Take no prisoners, that, that record, <laughs> yeah. And Chris Gregory after that with uh, Helical Thread out of England. Swarmer Flies, Rife, it's Ken out of Brooklyn. The Hellbeans from England with Habit Can't Kick. Steve Abercrombie, Sick of TV, The Reprisal from John Duncan, Stefano Palia. And finally, you can't be funky, Bush to Tetris. Now, now, Pat, your turn. What, what, you you kind of came in there chiming to help, Cynthia. But uh, what's your earliest musical recollection? Uh, early musical recollection? Uh, oh, God. I don't know. My parents listened to Frank Sinatra. I mean, that kind of shit. But my, <laughs> my brother was six years older than me, so he kind of led me into like rock and roll a little more. And yeah, we, you know, we have piano lessons when I saw the Beatles and Ed Sullivan, I, I insisted on a guitar and uh, they brought me an acoustic guitar. The action was about an inch off the neck. So <laughs> I couldn't understand why I was having such a hard time playing, but I kind of gave all that up and went to art school and moved to New York. And uh, what well, the, the whole, punk scene and then the no wave scene was going on and I was finding that way more interesting than the art world so I kind of jumped into that you know by accident with James uh, can which, I ask you what was the first record you bought with your own money are you experienced oh yeah Jimmy and what about first gig you saw oh it's kind of lame <laughs> <laughs> I think I was like 11 or 12 and uh, it was the, the first gig I went to like without uh, that the parents dropped us off in Chicago in Love and Spoonful. Oh, yeah. John Sebastian. Yeah, John Sebastian. Right. Do you believe but, it? You know, I was, a, I was not, I was barely a teenager. So it was kind of, <laughs> I saw lots of good shows though after that. Yeah, I, 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 I always I, ask I, about the first one because, you know, you only have the first one once. What, what about yeah. at school? Did you have any, uh, you had the lessons with piano and you didn't dig them, but did you have any music stuff in school? Like grade school and high school and shit like that? Uh, no, just like, you know, the usual grade school, like, yeah, piano lessons. I played oboe in the band for a year or two. Oh, wow. But I, I mean, you know, I didn't really, I, I was mo- I was much more of an art student than music. Although I was totally into music and uh, in high school, you know, all I did was draw, paint, and listen to music, you know. Oh, great. You know, Double Reed, the oboe, and those connect with art in my mind here because in uh, Barcelona, huh, that uh, Gaudi church, uh, Familia Sangra? Uh-huh. The angels ain't playing harps, they're playing bassoons. <laughs> oh, wow, that's so cool. <laughs> Anyway, well, I know you know what I picked that instrument mostly because I thought it was a cool instrument. Yeah, not, you know they say it really cuts through because there's something about yeah. the pitch. Yeah. yeah. So, I, so 
did you get into any like bands? Well, you you got a guitar, but acoustic. You you end up getting an electric guitar, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I got into the contortions by I was hanging out at CBGB's. James Chance was starting his own a band, and I was just hanging out there every night, you know, watching the Ramones or the whoever was playing at that moment. Everyone was playing, just coming through. It was kind of an amazing moment. In, in like 76 in New York City, CBGB's. Um, and James just came up to me and said, you know, do you play an instrument? <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah. And I had my, borrowed my friend's bass I was trying to learn. I, I, yeah, I play bass. So I went to the first rehearsal and uh, it was obvious I couldn't play bass. So... <laughs> But, you know, I had seen DNA, you know, Lindsay, Art, I mean, Art of Lindsay yeah, and, yeah. and Lydia and Connie Berg from Mars all playing slide guitar. And I thought oh, I could do that. So I did that. And the first gig we played at Max's Kansas City, I think I had played guitar for two weeks. And at the end of the show... I had two strings left on the guitar, and it was splattered with blood. So I had no idea how to strum or anything. But, you know, it was all about, it was about the energy of the show. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> also, a lot of fucking nerve, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I know. I, I think of that, and I think, wow, what, what, what was I thinking? I don't know. I just did it. Exactly. Well, you, well, you think part of it was kind of like there was other folks doing it too you got like uh it was contagious well yeah the no wave scene kind of opened it up for you know anarchistic nihilistic well you know art students yeah art students deconstructing music was basically what was going on yeah. so any you could really do anything but james actually had training as a musician and could play and he would get so he would mix us with you know so real players and then eventually like like you guys i mean the minutemen started out really not knowing how to play and you yeah. grew to learn right yeah well you mean you know you know 70s right before the movement you, you with your friends you copy try to copy songs off records we, nobody we knew in our town would write their own songs no one we didn't oh, know about oh. that in fact somebody heard us trying to do tie your mother down or some shit and say, hey, there's a scene up in Hollywood where people play their own songs, you know, and was, and we went and saw the bags. That was the first game oh, we wow, saw. Great. Oh, wow. Great. Cool. Yeah. I mean, the first thing I looked at D Boone and out of my mouth uh, fell out, we can do this. <laughs> yeah. And I never yeah. thought that about an arena rock show. Well, I never knew about clubs until the movement, you know, it was all arena rock. So, wow! So you had to go up to L.A. to catch the punk Hollywood, scene. West Hollywood. I mean, politically, we are part of Los, we're the harbor of Los Angeles, but that's thirty miles north of us. Right, <laughs> we're spread yeah, out here. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like almost another world, right? And uh, but it was a world where people made their own bands and wrote their own songs, and, and uh, right. we, we got infected. Yeah. We got infected. And so you went back to San Pedro and did that. Yeah, we said, let's try write songs. Let's try to find our own sound. I mean, and then we saw DNA at the Hong Kong uh, 
cafe. I, uh, James yeah, too came to uh, the other mass. Yeah, yeah, right on Santa Monica Boulevard. In fact, he was fighting with people in the crowd. Oh, of course. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it was oh, kind yeah. of the, these funk jams with him, uh, you know, blowing bitching sacks and then like duking it out with people, throwing chingasos. <laughs> Yeah, that was his thing. <laughs> you know, like, we never knew what was going to happen to any gig. You know, if he was going to make it through, end up in the hospital, which he did a few times. But, you know, you know I, of course, none of it was ever discussed. It's not like we'd be at rehearsal and he'd say, hey, guys, I'm going to jump into the audience and get in a fight. He'd just do it. <laughs> and then one time, George Scott went to defend him at Max's. and. Yeah. He pulled down his big SVT. What is it? What is it? Those yeah, bass big amp. bass amp. Yeah. Huge bass amp came down on the stage because the cord didn't reach, and he was trying to get <laughs> the to save James from getting the shit beat out of him. <laughs> okay, we're at the end of the first hour, April first, twenty twenty one. Yes, Pedro, our special guest, Cynthia Pad of Bush Tetris. Hold tight for hour two. April 1, 2021, it's the second hour of the Lot from Pedro Show.
Hello? Anybody there?
Live from Pedro Show. Started the second hour off with Cowboys in Africa, Bush Tetris. Then Occupy the Crease from Ben Salter in Tasmania. Uh, uh, Snez with her SZ Proj Koenig, the Gastrobiter remix. My Dolls after that, Houston. Fair Stands the Fields of France. That's a title. Network Glass from Baltimore, 69 at CG. High Five Club with Eugene Chadbourne. He played re- Electric Rate and Psychobilly. Remember that? And this is him with uh, French Guys High Five Club with No Golden Throat. Finally, Bush Tetras with Nails. So, what about uh, Bush Tetra recording? No, it was a, it was a seven inch. The first record was Too Many Creeps. Yeah, yeah. Um, you Taste Like the Tropics and Snakes Crawl. Okay, that's the one I'm talking about. Three yeah. songs. Yeah, that was the first nine, one. nine records. And that, yeah, right. ESG. Yeah, and Liquid Liquid. Right, and... right. It was a record store, right? It yeah. Was. So, yeah. But, so is that you guys' first recordings? Yeah. Tell yeah, me about we, those. Yeah, that, that wasn't our very first recording. Oh, right. But it was the first thing that came out. We're um, we're actually releasing the the other soon. That's never been heard before. You mean but, you guys um, recorded without releasing? Yeah, we recorded with uh, Don Christensen um, before that. The song Patty, "Fess Up" Patty and Paladin. and Patty Paladin. I mean, just, yeah. it was it was it, it's, very very lo-fi production. Like, I I yeah, I mean, I'd only been so singing, and, and Laura and I, we'd only been it was it was like maybe a month into the band. Yeah. It's only been what, like wait, yeah. we recorded like five songs or something. No, it was last three songs. Three. Anyway, yeah. yeah, the first release was too many creeps on nine nine. No, no, was, no, why didn't that first thing come out? I, you know, it was we was like looking at it like a demo. Okay. And then Ed Ballman came to us, and um, I think we we didn't have taste like the tropics yet, and we had just started playing that, and he thought those would be three good songs to release. So we chose those songs to release. Um, that the other was kind of like a demo, and okay. then and then we did then we did Dasa right and boom. Right, and right. Did that one in uh, yeah, in, that, yeah, in England with uh, Spanish records in Surrey. We recorded in a in a haunted barn, John <laughs> King's studio. It was yeah, very it was cool. Really cool yeah. Haunted barn. Yeah, because. Uh, Boom in the Night is, uh, I wrote that about George Scott because he had died of an overdose. I was very close to him and Great bass wrote that song. And I felt like his spirit was there totally. Oh, it was in the the barn when you guys were recording? It was in the barn. He was with us. Yeah. And that was a really great experience, except I was a vegetarian. And, you know, their idea of vegetables over there in England is a pea. Yeah. Oh, back <laughs> It's a pea, a pea in a shepherd's pie, right? yeah. you know, or some or some sort of like weird pie with all kinds of organs inside. That's yeah. what feeding us. Like yeah, eat around the organs. I was I was pretty miserable about the food, but but you know, food wasn't a big focus, and we could we could live on one pea a day. Yeah, and I uh, we had like the Rod Pierce was um and he was the head of Fetish Records, which is an amazing label and. We stayed at his place, and I used to cook there. And I'd make—I was learning how to make all this kind of like Jamaican, Jamaican food, oh, vegetarian yeah. Jamaican food. So I'd cook for everybody. They—they they have them little pies, but they're good. Yeah, right? they they're like they're like empanadas. Pies. Yeah, yeah, they have curry in them. Yeah, they have plenty of meat there. 
in Jamaica, but I knew how to make some vegetarian rice and peas. <laughs> uh, smashed, mush, mushy, that's what they call it. Oh, my God. I, it, you know, it, it, see, isn't that amazing? That's what I remember about the recording. The food. Great selective memory these days. Now, uh, you guys, you came, you went into the studio with these songs already written, right? You probably had yeah. been playing them at gigs. Yeah, we we had been playing out at that time quite a bit. We were, in London, we were there, and we were open for Gang of Four a couple times. That, and, you mentioned yeah, the played, singer, right? Was that his what, bar? What in Gang of Four? We, yeah, yeah, we met yeah. the whole band. We and we were friends with Hugo from the beginning. I think he lives in Boston. He does. He yeah. lives in Gloucester. I just was texting with him. He said to say hello. Yeah, he's always been very kind to me. Yeah, I, I want to play. Says uh, you're a lovely man. Okay, right back. <laughs> I want to play uh, Ocean. Deeper than 
you Fishman? No. Which one are you? I'm French.
It's way better. Chicks take the costume.
Watt, Watt from Peter show. <laughs> little p- pilot error there. Can't blame the airplane, right? Uh, Bush Tetris with Ocean. And then uh, Wharton's expanding jazz band. Uh, Overlords can wait. This is Wharton Tears. Uh, oh, great! Right, you know, uh, yeah. recorded with uh, him and Bob Quine. Yes. And Lee Ronaldo, we did a freeze out. Bobby Dylan, and Wharton just—he's a drummer man, but he also recorded a lot of the. He's a good buddy of Glenn Branca, Thurston, and stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. And Glenn Branca was on Nine Nine. That's right. In fact, Theoretical oh, Girls, oh. that's the seven inch. Theoretical Girl, the first one I got yeah. back home. Right. Uh, Waku Waku Kingdom After That Step, New World, Fridge Walks, Sean Lennon, Owen P. Jones with uh, David E. Greg. <laughs> it's Gaelic shit. I destroy another language, sorry. <laughs> San Francisco from Black Randy and the Metro Squad. They were from the old days here, and uh, he was a, a riot. He's hilarious. Uh, Bush Tetris finally with heart attack, and uh, so 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 uh, recording that barn. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, what was that? I remember Neil Young. I think Harvest was recorded in the barn. I mean, how do you record the barn? Well, um, well, well, it was, it was, it was John John King's. It was John King's place. Okay, okay. He converted it, it over. It was a converted barn. Okay. Yeah. But it was definitely ancient. You know, it's Surrey, England. It was really, I don't know, probably 1600s, 1700s or something. And we were staying in the farmhouse that was attached. And uh, it was just like a real, it was very magical. Like we we really felt, um, because we were so removed from everything. It's kind of otherworldly experience. uh, uh, Being... From you know the city and that right, Manhattan recording. What, what, what about touring? What was the difference in touring uh, over here in the U.S. than touring over there? Well, I, you know, it could, it was really tough over there. Except I, I we we got really good response in Germany, but in some like in Manchester, I remember in particular, it was like horrible. Pat broke a string, and you could relate. It was early on, and it took her quite a while. To change the string, we didn't, didn't, the string. didn't have an extra guitar because we, uh, and it was very shoestring, and they were just uh, they were merciless. <laughs> uh, they hated us, and I, it was it was pretty. It could be really rough, but you know, um, no, I just, agree. We, uh, uh, we just did. We we just would. You know that whole thing. We just did it. Yeah, it's so, like you guys getting spit on. It's yeah, like, well, yeah. even more than that, our first Europe tour, the Minutemen got cups of piss, sacks of shit, paper, paper oh, ones yeah, that yeah, would yeah. when they brutal. And sacks of puke. And one time in Vienna, I got hit. All the power went off in the first note of the first tune. Ooh. And when it came back on, I was covered with used condoms. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. <laughs> That, that takes a lot of work to collect all those used I started creative. laughing. I, yeah, that's the first thing I was thinking. Man, somebody put some effort into this shit. Yeah, really, lots of work. Oh my god. Yeah, we didn't. You know, we didn't get that. But I remember this one show in London. We played because we were on fetish, and we played with Clock DVA and another band. And they were like they wore like short pants. Oh god, what was you know, that and they were really. Um, you know, they had dark, like, somber music. And then 
I don't know what they thought we were, but they didn't like us because we were girls and we were in between. So they put up all the lights and you look out in the sea of boys with short pants and they immediately hated us. And Pat and I had taken some acid. Oh, very bad idea. That. Very, very bad idea. I'm going to say it never happened again. Well, for me, not yet. Not for me, though. And we we switched clothes. Like we I wore past clothes. She wore my clothes. We're up there, and we immediately knew it was just such a mistake. But we had to get through the show, and <laughs> and um, I, I was so uncomfortable. And after every song, these kids in the front, these boys in the short pants, they like put their heads down. They go, "Oh, you saw your white kids," you know. Every song. So at the end, I kind of lost my mind because, of course, I was tripping. And I got in their face, and I don't think they ever had a girl get in their face like that. I said, you know, just eat shit, eat up. You know, I just lost my mind on them, and, and they literally ran away. <laughs> That's my one one memory of a big show. We're at the end of the it's, second hour, April 1, 2021. Well, Peter's your special guest, Cynthia and Pat pushed Tetris. Hold tight for hour two. April 1, 2021, it's the third hour of the Lot for Pedro Show.
my fingers free My eyes are red My head's so heavy The sun will set Behind the hills Leave silver trees And mustard thrills My hands are tied Behind my smile My feet are tired I'll sit a while The moon came out Between the clouds Shall we start off the third hour with True Blue from Bush Tetris, Carnival Jones, Hold the Dream Close, and then Red Heavy, Bush Tetris. So what 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 happened to the band in the old days? What how things end up? Oh, what didn't happen? Well, you know, we 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 played. We had like uh, we really toured and recorded, and whenever we got back to New York, we had gigs and we were rehearsing. It was nonstop for two and a half, three years. And we got burned, some of us got very burned out from trying to keep up the pace. You know, there's a lot of drugs around, blah, blah, blah. And Lauren D quit the band, and we and Cynthia and I were playing with uh, Don Christensen and Bobby Albert. We got a different rhythm section, and we recorded a couple songs with them, but then I just got 
I, I, I couldn't play anymore. It was just too... I needed a break for a lot of reasons. <laughs> yeah, we would like get together every five years. And then after joke. that, we'd sort of do reunion <laughs> gigs. And then mid-90s, we, we thought... We got we all kind of had our shit together, and one you know more than we did back then, and we got together and you know said let's see how we can we can write some songs and and uh, we made a couple of uh, CDs in the nineties. We, well, we did uh, Beauty Lies, yeah, with Laura. So we we had reunited with Laura, and uh, we recorded with uh, Nona Hendrix as a producer and that was on Tim Kerr records and they were from uh, Portland yeah Portland yeah or Olympia no Portland, no, Portland. Portland. and yeah okay. it, it was uh, Thor Lindsay an offshoot of Mercury right well That's... they they got bought up by Mercury yeah. okay. anyway. and that was the beginning of the end because then po polygram took Mercury the, that over and and then Universal ate that one, and the whole thing imploded. But, <laughs> I, but you know, we recorded Happy yeah. with Julia Murphy. We got a new bass player, Laura quit again, and we got Julia. And we, we wrote some great songs. That's when we did Nails. And we, we, we were on like a renaissance there. We had a lot of fun. But then we t the, the record label tanked. And they shelved our record, Happy. And we got very heartbroken, so we just stopped playing. We really, it really broke our hearts. Yeah, it's so we just took a break. Well, I mean, I mean, it was a little discouraging after putting a couple of years into of work into these songs and then yeah. you record them. Yeah, and of course. Yeah, so anyway, we all took a big break, but we got back together. Eventually, again, Cynthia moved to L.A. for a few years, so in the early 2000s. But, yeah, it's been off and on. And, you know, we're not really a major label kind of band. We <laughs> relate to that. But, um, you know, in, in the early days, we never made a whole record We uh, in the 80s. We, we only would make uh, 45s or EPs. EPs. Yeah, yeah, right. And we finally made a compilation of all the 80s stuff later with uh, Roar. Oh, yeah, the cassette label. Yeah. 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 I, I want to play Hum. Okay, great. Right.
Pedro Show last music for this edition. We had Hum from Bush Tetris uh, live in Houston, Texas, June 1, 2013. This is, uh, I think it became uh, Houston Saturday or something. Jandic, uh, me and Stefan Gonzalez helped him at a festival there. And Bush Tetris finally was seven years. So uh, 
like you said something at the beginning of the show about that first stuff you recorded. It's coming out. Are you guys getting something together? Yeah. Yeah, we're doing um, on um, Wharfcat and uh, and secretly Records. and secretly Canadian. They're putting it out really, and and it's going to be like a best of. So it's, it's kind a compilation of compilation over over the years of of the past forty years, really, and some stuff that has never been released, like that first stuff, right? Stuff, right. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to have that as probably a special digital track. We're going to we're going to put that in there as a little present. Which one? Oh, one of the one of the early un oh, you, you know so. yeah oh, unreleased. Yeah. We're going to have an unreleased track in there, but yeah, we're we're getting it all together. It's pretty exciting, okay. and it's going to <clears throat> it's going to come out in July. In July, and you're going to have a, yeah. some of the happy on there. Yeah. Some of the happy is going to be on there. That's great. Right now, you can still get happy on Bandcamp. Okay. Okay. So, so what what is uh, is, uh, the web presence of uh, Bush Tetris? Tetris. Where can people find you on the internet? Well, well, we're we have a Facebook page, but we're uh, we have Bandcamp. Okay. Uh, Is there a Bush Tetra website? No, there is not a Bush. Bush Tetra website, but they can go it's to ridiculous. A... <laughs> but no, we don't have that. We just, we just have Facebook, and well, um, we're probably going to. And you know, it would have been a good time to do it, Pat, during COVID. <laughs> well, we were slackers. <laughs> I know we're. Don't know how or why, but... Yeah, and we're actually writing new songs now. We're going to start rehearsing in wow. April. Wow. We're all we're all like vaccinated. We're so excited. So so so, what's this about? Uh, like you're going to get a, uh, besides this record, this like a anthology of the older stuff. Are you are you working on a, a brand new record? I think that's that's definitely a po- high possibility. Well, we have a bunch, a few new songs that we've written them they haven't been recorded, and we're working on. Yeah, we've got about six or seven new things that. Mm-hmm. Actually, could be recorded. So maybe we'll do one last big blast, unless we keep going until we're like hundred year old girls. <laughs> well, who's in the band now? Well, we, you know, D, Pat, and I are the original members, right? right. And um, and D, I said D, Pat, yeah. and I. Yeah, oh, yeah, we're not ever forgetting D. He's <laughs> he's irreplaceable. So um, the bass player situation has been a little, <clears throat> you know, little musical chairs. So we we have a new bass player that we played um, a virtual gig with. Her name's Rebecca Corbett, R.B. Corbett. She was in King Missile. Oh, she's I remember those thing. cats. Yeah. Yeah, and she's like really got great energy. Yeah. She's really fun. And that's, that's so we, we can't wait. So just yeah. when I thought it was about time to hang it up, along comes this great, fun new bass player. Who can resist that? Yeah, uh, like a, a motivator, inspirer. She's a motivator. Yeah, because, you know, it's great to have, I mean, the only way you want to do this at this point is if you're having fun. Yeah, that's Pat and my little motto. It's got to be fun. No more burden. No more drama. <laughs> no more drama. <laughs> if that's ever possible. No, no more drama. <laughs> yeah, we, we both watched your um, Minutemen Documentary, which is awesome, actually. <laughs> yeah. 
And we really related to the whole, you know, the drama that ensues. Like, it's like a family, isn't it? It's it's a family and you love them. And like Pat and I have been, you know, really best friends for 40 years. And that's never going to change. We have a pretty mellow thing. We feel really blessed because it's pretty mellow. We don't have any drama between us. No, we pretty much agree on things. So. And plus, I, I, you know, you get to an age where it's like, choose your battles, really. <laughs> exactly. Like when you're young, you're much feistier. When you're more young. We're just less young now. I'm not, right. I'm young in my head now. Well, me I'm too. I mean, in my head, I'm still 18, but my body, whatever, is another story. But my we, body. We don't need to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's doing all right, though. Well, look, yeah. when, when this new record gets recorded, will you come back on the show and we can play it and talk about it? Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Totally. And, and, man, yeah. I, I, I would love and to hear I, 40 years. I mean, nothing can replace that. No. Yeah. No. It, it, we feel blessed. It's amazing. Totally I mean, blessed. there is a chemistry that just is kind of magical. Absolutely. I've played with a lot of different people. And this band, Dean, Cynthia, and I definitely have a chemistry like just things just like slide into place right and now with the new bass yeah Yeah. (laughs) i mean it was really fun to play with val opielski i love the songs that we did with her well we made an ep with her on wharf cat records and that came out about three years ago yeah that's true blue true blue and red heavy yeah and and it was you know it was great writing with her and i think i think really also, after COVID, you just feel like a renewed thing. Like you feel lucky that you got through it. Yep. So far, so good. Yep. And you know, I just want to be creative. I mean, it's a gift. It's really fun. Absolutely. The O word yeah. opportunity, not the B word burden. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All oh, right, right. Thanks. So, so I can't wait for the new record. So I want I want to be talking to you again as soon as that happens. Okay. Oh, thanks right, a lot. Thanks it was great talking to you. Big honor, big honor. People, it's been the April 1, 2021 Dishwap Pedro Show. Keep you powder dry.